God bless you all. It's good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Um, I am back here up front with all of you, and uh, yes, <laughs> praise the Lord <laughs> that um, Oscar was able to give me a break, which was nice <laughs> for Christmas. Um, and I, I hope that you were blessed by his messages on just Thanksgiving and and Christmas and we, we kind of did our math wrong. Um, we were supposed to have four weeks to talk about Advent, but we started a little bit later talking about Thanksgiving, which is all right. So I was supposed to talk about love and peace. Uh, those are important themes within the Advent season. And Advent, just that word, what it means is the coming of Jesus. And Jesus has come already 2,000 years ago, and we are looking forward to his second coming and we, we anticipate that. Um, but today I will talk about both love and peace and also hope and joy. Just it's interwoven throughout the, throughout the message. And to be honest, uh, while I was preparing for this sermon, I was really spending time with an influential figure from church history. I'm actually taking class on him. Uh, his name is Augustine, and he, he's very influential, and he has influenced this message. So if you look at his messages and you compare it to this one, you'll find a lot of similarities. And I, I, I think that people throughout church history have said things that could help us today, uh, help us understand Christ, help us with life, help us, help us celebrate Christmas so I hope that you would be blessed by his words and through this message. I, I truly believe that God had helped him and guided him to speak wonderful words, and I pray that he will be with us today as we continue to talk about Christmas. And we end our time. This one, this service is officially the last Christmas service. Um, uh, Christmas will be on Saturday, I believe, and then next Sunday, we will be preparing for next year. Um, so uh, I'll preach next week, but it'll be more of like getting ready for next year type of sermon, because next year, um, we will be focusing on everyone participating somehow, and less being like consumers coming here and consuming and then leaving, but everybody being a part of it. It'll be a bit different. And we'll talk more about next year, next week. It's exciting stuff. But for today, we have our typical Christmas sermon. And I would like to read John 1, 1, 18. It is John's prologue. And it is one of the most interesting, complex portions of Scripture. It has so much depth. John 1, 1.18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life. And that life was the light of man. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him, exclaiming, This is the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has, seen, has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word that you have given us. It is a beautiful, beautiful prologue that we could spend years and years just thinking about the significance of John 1, 1 through 18. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. The Word was light. It was the life of man. We have not seen God, but yet the Word has revealed the Father. And the Word, the Son, is also God himself. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that during this Christmas season, we may think of your incarnation and the significance of you taking flesh and becoming man and dwelling among us. Let us be children, not by the will of men or by our fleshly desires, but let us be God's children, by God's will, let us believe and receive the word of God, the word that became flesh. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are in a season where we are celebrating the birthday of Jesus. Of course, we don't know the exact day when Jesus was born. The, the scriptures don't specify, but the church has traditionally celebrated the birth of Jesus during this time, a time that we call the Christmas season or Advent. 
It's a good thing to remember. It's a good thing to re- remember the birth of Christ. Actually, it's more than good. It's central to our faith. We celebrate the birthdays of loved ones all the time. So why not celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus? We say we love him, so let's celebrate his birth. On birthdays, we we give thanks to the birthday person for existing. You really don't earn birthday celebrations. You, we just celebrate that you exist. Well, during Christmas, we should give thanks to Jesus because he existed among men. When Jesus was born, the truth came to earth. When the day of day, that was a title that was used back then to refer to Jesus. When the day of day, when he was born, light entered our world. During this time, we must, as Christians, we must celebrate. Let us rejoice and delight in this season, not because of the consumeristic mentality of our culture, not because we will get more and more gifts, although we're thankful for the material gifts that we have received from loved ones. But let us rejoice that the Word became flesh. The Word that was with God in the beginning, the Word that was God, the Word that became flesh. God became incarnate. It's hard to understand that the God who created the heavens and the earth entered the earth he created. Some have called it a mystery. How is it possible for God to take on flesh? And even though he was incarnate, even though he was man, he was always God and never changed. God took to himself what he was not, and he remained what he was. He took on flesh and remained God. And the word came to us as a man without leaving the Father. He remained with the Father while appearing to us as what we are. He appeared to us as a human because he became a human. His power was placed in the body of an infant. Yet this power did not come from the earth. His work, as he was with the Father, is the whole universe. He made the entire universe. Through the word, God created all that there is. And yet, this word came to the world. He came to us. He came to us through the virgin's womb. Mary was a virgin when she gave birth. This virgin birth shows us that God was at work. Joseph, her fiancé, had nothing to do with the pregnancy. It was all God's work. It's a great miracle. It is a miracle. It goes against what we know about science. But that is what makes it a miracle. Some people say that it's fiction rather than fact. Because they can't believe that Mary was a virgin and gave birth, they they failed to see that Jesus was God. They just see him as a man. 
But it was a miracle. Certainly, the God who set this world in motion, the one who created it all, he can make it possible for Mary, a virgin, to give birth to Christ. And we should celebrate that this happened. Therefore, let's celebrate the Lord's birthday with our hearts, with enthusiasm. Let's rejoice. Let men rejoice. Let women rejoice that Christ was born man, that he was born of a woman. Rejoice. Rejoice, you who are just. It is the birthday of him who justified. Rejoice, you who are weak and sick. It is the birthday of him who makes well. Rejoice, you who are in captivity. It is the birthday of the Redeemer, the Liberator. Rejoice, you who are slaves. It is the birthday of the Master. Rejoice, you who are free. It is the birthday of him who makes free. Rejoice, all you Christians. It is Christ's birthday. Did not the prophets announce that he was to be born? Did the angels in the heavens announce? Did they not announce to the shepherds and the magi that he had been born? Jesus was an infant, and he was also the word. The heavens cannot contain him, and yet he came to earth. Christmas is about the wisdom of God, the word of God, becoming flesh as a speechless babe. Divinity was in a baby. The truth which abides in the bosom of the Father sprung out of the church, out of the earth, in the bosom of a mother. The word that was with the Father came to be with the human mother. The truth, which is the food of incorruption for the angels, is sprung out of the earth to receive milk from a woman. The truth which the heavens cannot contain is sprung out of the earth to be placed in a manger. Why did God do this? To whose benefit was this for? Why come to earth? And I hope you wake up and you could see that God did this for you. It was for you that God was made man. Get up, sleeper, it says in Ephesians, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Eternal death would have been waiting for you if Jesus had not been born. You would never be free from your sinful flesh had the word not taken flesh himself. 
You would remain in misery all the days of your life if he did not perform this act of mercy. You would not have come back to life again had he not come to die your death. You would have, bro- you would have been broken down had he not come to help you. You would have perished had he not come. So let us joyfully celebrate the coming of our salvation and redemption. Let us celebrate the holy day on which the great eternal day, the eternal Son, came from the Father into this world, into our so short and temporal day. Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, as Paul said. He brings us justice. He makes us just. Romans 5.1, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. We have peace. Glory to God. Ephesians 2.14, for he is our peace who made both groups, the Gentiles and the Jews, one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Let us rejoice in this grace and this unity. Let us worship Jesus for what he has done. What greater grace could we have received from God than this? God had only one son, made him the son of man, so in turn he would make a son of man a son of God. I'll I'll say it again. God had only one son, made him the son of man, made him a human, so he would make the son of man, us, a human, a son of God. C.S. Lewis said, the son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. God became Man, so that we could be sons and daughters of God. It says in John, all who receive Jesus have the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. Why did he do this? Why did he become flesh? Why did he give us the opportunity to be sons and daughters of God? Why did he become flesh to make you a son or daughter? Ask yourself whether this involved any merit. Did we do something that coerced God to to become flesh? Any motivation? Was Was it any right on my part? And the answer is no. It's nothing that we did. It wasn't because we merited it. The word became flesh. And went to the cross because of grace, because of love. It was God's own doing. It was because of God's own character. 
Let us be happy that God is love. Let the nations rejoice for who he is. The creator gave us this holy day. He made it so that a virgin would give birth, a virgin with child. Before the child was born, Christ already existed. The word already existed. There was no moment when the word did not exist. The word was God, no beginning and no end. He was the power because he was the all-powerful. He abided with his father and he made for himself a mother. When he was made in the womb of his mother, he remained in the heart of his father. He never ceased being God. How could he have ceased to be God when he was man? The word was made flesh. The word did not become flesh by ceasing to be God. Certainly he did give up some prerogatives, some divine prerogatives, but he was always divine. The flesh was joined to the word. Just as a man is both body and soul, Christ, you may think about it this way, was God and man in the unity of a person. The Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, was the Son of Man by his birth from the Virgin. And thereby, and thereby the human nature was added to the Son's divine nature. And God remained all the same. If you have your Bibles, please open it up with me to Philippians 2, verse 6. Philippians 2, verse 6. And here Paul is addressing the Philippians who were struggling with humility. And then he, he talks about the incarnation as a sign of humility. Philippians 2, verse 6. He, talking about Jesus... Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We need to speak the praise of the Lord that the Word became flesh. He came close to us. The Lord of Lords was in our midst. He revealed the Father. He was the creator of the world and the creator of his own mother. He was the Son of God through his Father without a mother. And he was the Son of Man through his mother without a a father. He, he is great as the God of the angels, and yet he became small like 
and the infant. He was the Word, God, before all time. Yet 2,000 years ago, the Word was made flesh. He is the maker of the sun, and yet he lived under the sun. The Word remains in the Father, but yet he was sent by the Father. Creator of heaven and earth, he was born on earth under heaven. Unspeakably wise, he is wisely speechless as a babe, as an infant, as a baby. Filling the world with his glory, he lies in a manger. Ruler of the stars, he nurses at his mother's bosom. He is both great in the nature of God, and yet he's also small in the form of a servant. His greatness is not diminished by his smallness, nor his smallness overwhelmed by his greatness. As God spoke the word and the earth was, now the word became flesh and he renews all things. Let's praise the Son of God as he is right now with the Father at his right hand, equal to and co-eternal with, in whom all things visible and invisible in heaven and on earth have been made. The word of God and God himself, the light and light of men. It is not surprising that no human thought can describe this. No language can fully describe this. It is a mystery. Let us not forget and let us not deny, though our minds cannot comprehend, God, indeed, God came to this world. The Word became flesh and the Word was God. The Word, the begotten, the one and only Son, and the Father are both at the same time one God. The Son and the Father are both God, and, and there is evidently a distinction and a relationship between the two. The Father was not the one who came, but the Word, the Son, was the one who entered the world. And that is why the, some people within the church have seen the two as distinct persons, but yet one God. There is only one God. And the Father and Son are both God, the one true God, but there is a distinction. One is sent, and the other one is the sender. The God who made the world, and the world passes, yet God still remains. There's only one true God. God, neither the Father nor the Son, God, were never made. It's hard to comprehend, but that is what makes sense in scripture. God became flesh. He manifested in, he was manifested in the flesh. He so loved us that for our sake, he became flesh. He became younger in age than many of his servants in the world. He who made man was made man. He who made man became man. 
He was given existence by a mother whom he brought into existence. He was carried in hands which he formed. He cried like a baby in the manger in his infancy. Look what God has done. Look what God has become for you. Take heart this lesson of great humility. Jesus did not even have to say one word to show us great humility. Since just by becoming a babe, he shows us the lengths that he is willing to go to save us, to serve his Father, to love us, to make us whole. That is humility. The Son was obedient to the Father that he came as a mortal man, obedient to the point of dying at the cross. You, though, you are only human. You wish to be God. How, how many people want to be celebrities and godlike? And you were lost. Jesus, though he was God, wished to be man, that he might find what he had been lost. He became flesh. Think about it. So many want wealth, glory, power. We know humans who call themselves gods or idols. And I, I, I've been thinking about Kendrick Lamar's verse because it's so catchy and it's stuck in my head at times. But he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Elohim, the Rebirth. You can't go to the Father unless it's through me. You can't address me unless it's with four letters. Obviously, a lot of artists have this God complex. So many people want to be gods. But isn't it interesting that the only true God, the one who has all the glory, the one who has the right to call himself God, he humbled himself and became man. So many people want to be God, but yet the one true God became human. He gave up his glory. He, he emptied himself, as Philippians said, to become man. Look at the humility. And we should be happy for God's humility. We should celebrate this day or on Christmas or any day that we should celebrate that Mary gave birth to the Savior. She gave birth to the creator of mothers. As a virgin, she gave birth to the prince of virgins. Let us praise the Lord for what he has done. Psalm 95, 1 through 5 tells us, let's shout joyfully to the Lord, shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let's enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout triumphantly to him in song. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hands and the mountain peaks are his. The sea is his. He made it. His hands formed a dry land. Let us rejoice for the greatness of God. And at the same time, let us rejoice that the maker of time, the word of the Father, was made flesh. 
He gave us his birthday in time. He created time, but yet he entered time. He really existed among us. Man's maker was made man. The bread of life, hunger. The fountain of living water, thirsted. The light of man, slept. The way was tired from the journeys that he would walk. The truth was accused by false witnesses. The judge of the living and the dead was judged by immoral judges. Justice was sentenced by the unjust. The teacher was beaten with whips. The vine was crowned with thorns. The foundation was suspended on wood. The strength of God was made weak so that he could make well all those who would be wounded. Jesus became flesh, and that meant that life might die. He was made man to suffer these and similar undeserved things. And he suffered these things for us so that we might be free, so that he might free us who we deserved what he suffered. He took all these undeserved things for us so that he might free us who were deserving. He who on account of us endured such great evils merited no evil. He did no wrong, yet he suffered as if he did do something wrong for us. And the Son of Man, who is without a beginning, determined to live a life for a couple of days to be the Son of Man. And he was born of the Father, but not made by the Father. He had no beginning. Remember, the word was God. This is more relational, more, it's not so much metaphysical. He begotten is sometimes translated as one and only to emphasize, not that the word had a beginning because he did not, he is God, but begotten, or as other translations say, one and only describes the unique relationship that the word had with the Father. No one had the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. No one. Jesus was also made in the woman who he had made, that he might sometime be born here on earth from Mary. Mary could not have existed anywhere except through God, through the Word, his creative power. Mary could not have existed without God creating her, yet she existed, and then she gave birth to the God-man, to Jesus Christ. This might be challenging to believe, but it is possible to believe this through God's Spirit. There's always going to be unbelievers, and it doesn't matter what we say, they will continue to not believe. And of course, we do what we can. We're called to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim what the Bible shows us, to proclaim the good news that Jesus has arrived to this earth. 
but some people are just not going to believe. Yet, there are also going to be people who do believe. We believe that God was born in the flesh. We believe God manifested himself in flesh. He became man and talked to people. He was an infant. He was in the womb of a virgin. We believe in a God who became flesh. So, Christ is born of flesh. We should rejoice on this day. Be reminded on this day of the hope Jesus has brought. He has given us the power to be the children of God. For you, as the maker of time, enter time. For you, as the maker of the world, appeared in flesh. For you, the creator was born. You have hope. You have life in heaven because the one from heaven has come to earth. The word who was with the Father. There was never a time when the Father was without the Word. This Word entered the world through a mother. Without the Word, his mother would have never existed. And we are so thankful that Jesus has come. Because he has come, now we could have him in our heart. Now we can go to God because we're no longer strangers. We are children of God. Believe in Jesus and you have the right to be children of God. Follow him and celebrate his birthday. Look at what extent God is willing to go for you, he's willing to become flesh. And may that just remind you that God will help you through any situation. If he is willing to become flesh, if he has that love for you to enter the world that he created and suffer, I'm sure he has enough love to help you in the situation that you find yourself today. I pray that you may celebrate his birthday and take some time to think about the significance of God becoming flesh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for this time that you have given us so that we could reflect together as a family the importance of the incarnation, the importance of the word becoming flesh. We see there, we see humility the God of heaven and earth coming down to live under heaven in earth. Wow, what great humility and something we could learn to emulate, to have in our lives so that we could also be obedient to the Father and be humble and to serve you, Father. We also see great love that you were willing to become flesh 
because you want to make us whole. You want to take what we deserved. You, you did not deserve it, but you took our place as a human. And now you give us the right to be children. The Son of God became a son of man so that a son of man, a, a human, could become a son of God. Thank you, Father. And I pray that you may be with us and guide us to just meditate and think on this more and more and just lean in the identity that you have called us to. We have peace with you, Father, because of what Jesus has done. And we see your love, and I pray that we may show this love to others. Let us have a good holiday season. In Jesus' name we pray.